Hi guys, welcome to another episode of The Moonalogs. Hello world, hello change. Welcome to 2022. I don't know about you, but I love the beginning of a new year. Actually, I like all sorts of new beginnings because they are full of promise and joy and, you know, the, the magic of the new. There's just so much possibility, so much potential. But um, it doesn't need to be the new year in order to encounter this, this new thing, you know, this magic. Because the magic that lies in all new beginnings can be found at any time of the year. If we are ready to receive it, that is. If we are ready to take a chance. And that's what's bringing us to the two stories for today's episode. Of knitting men and knocking on a stranger's door. Stories from the UK and Chile. Let's do this. Taking a chance is not always easy. Taking a chance often has to do with doing something you've never done before. It means to take a leap of faith, of trusting that things will work out one way or another, even if you don't know how yet. Taking a chance can relate to something or someone you encounter in life. It can also relate to taking a chance on yourself, to no longer stand in your own way. I met Alex Smith for the first time in the summer of 2018. He was in his mid-thirties back then, full of energy and didn't seem to be the kind of person who shies away from any chances life offers him. About 11 years ago, Alex decided to run in the local elections to kick off his career as a politician. Local elections are handled differently in various countries. In England, it is common practice for candidates to knock on the doors of the local residents in order to get the vote out, idly for you, of course. One of these days during his election campaign, Alex knocked on a door that would change his life in a way that he had not anticipated and had nothing to do with his political ambitions. For behind the door he was knocking on, there was Fred. Fred was about 50 or even 60 years older than the aspiring young politician that Alex was. With British courtesy, Alex introduced himself to the older gentleman and asked him to go to the polls. Fred was prepared to vote. In principle, that is. He had always voted, he said, because it was important to him to voice his political opinion. However, his elderly body was giving him some trouble. Fred didn't know how to get to the polling station. Fred had not left his apartment for three months because his feet wouldn't carry him far anymore. He was feeling too weak, too frail. Since then, Fred had hardly had any social contact and had become more and more lonely. Touched by the story, Alex offered the elderly gentleman to accompany him to the polling station. Together, the two men, one young and curious about life, the other older and full of experiences, strolled slowly through the London borough of Camden with the aim of casting a vote. On their walk, Fred begins to talk about his life, how he used to perform on cruise ships as Frank Sinatra, and how he now would love nothing more than to go to the hairdresser. Since Fred could hardly leave the house, his hair had not been cut anymore and he didn't like feeling rather unkempt. Alex felt comfortable during their walk. To his surprise, he not only discovered many things that fascinated him about the older gentleman, but also that they had quite a few things in common. For instance, Fred used to run a costume shop in Camden, Alex's favorite shop when he was growing up. 
Maybe they already had met a few years ago, but in a fast-paced city with millions of residents, encounters last often not much longer than a fleeting moment. Even after the election was long over, Alex hadn't gained enough votes to be elected into office, by the way, Alex's mind kept going back to the walk with the elderly gentleman that was Fred. The meeting with Fred had touched something within Alex. How many people felt like Fred? How many had lived in London all their lives but had hardly any social contact anymore, simply because the city and life had changed? How many people felt like Alex himself, who has no contact to the generation of his grandparents? Because they had died? Because young people moved to the city for studies or work and their family and relatives live far away? How come we simply no longer meet other people but instead stay in our respective bubbles and live parallel lives? These questions stay with Alex. He cannot shake them off. And slowly an idea begins to develop from the inside. About a year later, after his first meeting with Fred, the idea for North London Cares is born. With a few friends, Alex founds the initiative, which is based on connecting people of different generations to reduce isolation and loneliness among younger and older people, to create connections, build confidences and skills, to change the city itself rather than just feeling the effects of change, and to bring people together and build bridges across social, digital and cultural divides. What began with North London Cares has now become the Cares family. In North and South London, Manchester and Liverpool the organization offers events for young and old, museum visits and movie nights, baking and cooking events, as well as dancing together. In addition to these major events, there is also a program called Love Your Neighbor. People meet in pairs in their neighborhood and talk about everything that moves them, over a cup of tea, of course. Since that first encounter with Fred, the Cares family has grown into an organization that helps to decrease loneliness, Loneliness in the big cities of the global north and with the growth of the middle class in other regions of the world is a phenomenon that the media has also registered, especially in England and the UK. In no other country in the EU is there more coverage of the generation gap and the loneliness it creates for both the younger and the elderly as in Great Britain. Despite having been the key factor for creating the Cares family, Alex has no idea what has become of Fred. Alex had kept visiting the older man, telling him how he had become the inspiration for offering people of different generations a chance to meet and exchange to build connections in their neighborhoods. But Fred was no longer interested in an exchange. Alex suspects that Fred would then have had been deprived of any reason and the pleasure to complain. The visits to Fred started to change from nice conversations between neighbors to courtesy calls. And that's exactly what the Cares family does not want to be. It is not a social project where young people volunteer for their elders, Alex stresses. It is not a good deed. It's about meeting one another, from person to person. More than 10 years have passed since that day in September when Alex knocked on Fred's door. And although Fred is no longer one of Alex's friends, there are many others. One of them is Lil. She is a resolute lady in her late 80s. You can't impress her with job titles, 
that seems so important in today's self-promotional society. Telling her that you're a management consultant means nothing to her, explains Alex with a grin. You have to be warm, funny, smart and quick-witted. You have to approach her with all your humanity, because being a management consultant means nothing to her. She doesn't know what it is and therefore she doesn't care. And after a moment, Alex adds, she's an old lady full of humor and very down to earth. And she makes me think about who I really am. Thinking about who you really are can be a heavy question. It might not feel like the best way to greet the new year. But why not? How often do you get asked what you do for a living? For what we do is often connected to a certain standing. Depending on your career, you get more or less validation. You are someone. You are a CEO, a manager, a teacher, a doctor, a nurse, a janitor, an accountant, a lawyer, a waiter, a hairdresser, you name it. But we have so many more identities. We are the daughter or the son of our parents. We may be parents ourselves. Then we are a brother or a sister. We are uncles and aunts. We are husbands, wives, lovers, partners. We are friends to some people. To even fewer, we are even best friends. And these are just some of the identities we carry in our private lives. But what happens if we take all of these identity layers off? Just for a minute. Who are you then? Just like Lil did with Alex. Who are you, really? For some people, the question of who they really are is difficult to answer. Not because they have never thought about it, but because they fear getting rejected. Because if you feel you are different from what society wants you to be, it isn't always easy to show your true self. But sometimes, however, things can change. That is, if you give yourself and society a chance to adapt. In Santiago de Chile, there is a group of men in their mid, let's say mid-twenties to early forties, who take a chance to show themselves as who they really are. These men come together once per month to pursue their special hobby in parks and city squares. And their hobby is knitting. Depending on where you live, a group of men knitting in public might not attract so much attention. In a lot of countries in the world, however, men knitting is still something out of the ordinary. In Santiago de Chile, passers-by stop in amazement and watch the men with wool and needles. To understand the impact of this image, you have to know that Chilean society is strongly marked by machismo. In Chile, it is hard for a man to sit down on a bench and knit. It can even be dangerous. Other men can come up and attack you for doing a woman's job, explains Ricardo Higuera. The 39-year-old has been part of Los Hombres Tejedores, the knitting men, since the initiative began in June 2016. We all have different professions. What brings us together is the fact that we grew up in a patriarchal society that teaches us that as men we have to play a certain role. A man should not be sensitive. He should not cry. He must be strong. The initiative was founded by artist Claudio Castillo and the aim was actually to create a space for men to just sit comfortably and knit. Claudio Castillo and the others came together in workshop spaces teaching each other to knit and weave. Only later did the men dare to go outside and knit in public, thereby turning their hobby 
into a political statement. We were taught that some activities are reserved for women, like knitting, Ricardo explains. Men are supposed to pursue other hobbies. But we believe that these inequalities should disappear from modern society. While it is openly acknowledged in and by society that women suffer from this all-pervasive machismo, Los Hombres Tejedores also want men to free themselves from these roles they have been forced into. All this comes from the fact that women are seen as weak. Consequentially, a man who is knitting must also be weak, explains Ricardo. This is what we are fighting against. We are fighting for a more tolerant society, where there is more gender equality. Above all, we want to change the image of a man in Chilean society so that each person can live as they want. And not only in Chile is a man found knitting considered to be newsworthy. Do you remember Olympic athlete Tom DeLay? During the Tokyo Olympics of summer 2021, pictures of him knitting went viral. To most people, no matter which place they call home, a knitting man is at least eye-catching. In some countries, however, wool and knitting needles are seen as tools for more equality. There are now offshoots of Hombres Tejedores in Brazil and Uruguay, and other organizations, including some from Ukraine and Germany, want to start similar projects. While knitting may not feel like a revolutionary act to change gender perception, it can be a first step. For some, it's the first step to take a chance of discovering a new hobby. For others, it's a chance to be who they really are, a person who enjoys knitting. Society often projects ideas into our heads of what we ought to be. We need to be a manager, a parent, a certain type of person. Society likes to put labels on others. We like to label others. It makes going through life so much more convenient. So for 2022, why not take a chance? Take a chance and stop labeling others and yourself. Take a chance of meeting someone younger or older than you are and discover who they really are. Take a chance on yourself and be yourself, for there are already so many others. Take away the labels that we so often use to give ourselves an identity that is worthwhile apparently to present to the world. And I promise what you'll discover will blow your mind. Take a chance and follow the flow of life. It may not lead you to where you expect it to go, but you'll get to where you need to go and you might discover something new, unique and beautiful. And it might just lead you to yourself. Take a chance on 2022. And so I wish you all a happy, healthy and light-hearted new year.